that sound? Is it Mario Kart being played in the next room? No, it's Chris and Tom's Youth Group Podcast. Hey there, podcast listeners. Welcome to Chris and Tom's Youth Group Podcast, the podcast where two youth group leaders try to figure out how to do youth group better. My name is Chris Morphew. I'm an author, youth group leader, and school chaplain here in Sydney, Australia. And as always, joining me from Melbourne is author, speaker, youth leader, all-around good guy, Tom French. How you doing, Tom? Hi, everyone. I am doing well. How are you, Chris? I'm doing great. And if you can hear my festive tone, Tom, it's because today's a very special birthday edition of the <laughs> podcast. It's our sixth episode, Tom. Can you oh, believe it? Our sixth podcast birthday. That's amazing. I hope you're in a festive mood because I sure am. It's 38 yeah. degrees. What could go wrong? It's only like 20-something down here. Well, that sounds lovely. Yeah, it's, uh, it's a good autumnal, early autumnal weather for us. I have a question for you. Mm. Can you um, retract a, uh, a endorsement or advertisement on a podcast? <laughs> Can I unsponsor last week's show? What, what happened to your book? Oh, well, it's still coming out, but it turns out there was a misunderstanding between me and my publisher. And while the book <laughs> did actually come out last week, launch week, the yeah. week where they do all the promo and where I'm supposed to blast the book title out everywhere is actually yeah. in a couple of weeks. Um, oh, right. So, it, with the benefit of hindsight, last week's podcast was, in fact, not sponsored by my new book, How Can I Feel Closer to God? Mm. But stay tuned for a future show which will in fact be sponsored in a non-profit way by that book. Uh, I was I was worried you'd written an iffy article on Gospel Coalition and well the book. I could have been leading into two different discussions there, but <laughs> I was going to leave that one right alone. Um, but if you know, you know and I'm sorry you have to know. <laughs> All right, we uh Talk about youth group? Yes, let's talk about youth group. Um, but you didn't go to youth group last week, Tom. I did what not. What happened there? Look, I just abandoned everyone uh-huh. and he- headed off on a flight to Adelaide and I hung out with the Churches of the Trinity Network in Adelaide, which is like a network of 14 churches all over Adelaide. They've been planting churches for the last 20-something years. And cool. Got to hang out with all their youth. It was good fun. And uh, did you happen to interview any interesting people? More interesting than interviewing me, as you do every week? (laughs) Yeah, well, I figured because it was, you know, I was visiting someone else. After five weeks, you'd had enough. You just (laughs) needed another voice to spice this thing up. Yeah, I did. So... I thought, let's hear from Mr. Tim Blagg, who is the uh, youth pastor at, of the Trinity of Trinity Church Adelaide and is part of the Trinity Network or something. I, know, I, think, that's, I think that's his title. Anyway, I'm going to just, let's play the interview and we'll just see what happens. Sound good? Sounds excellent. Hello, everyone. I am uh, with Tim Blagg from the Trinity Network in Correct. Adelaide. Yeah, yeah. And uh, last night I got to speak at an event. Do you want to tell me what happened at the event, Tim? 
Yeah, for sure. Uh, so Trinity Youth is our network-wide youth group where we pull in uh, our youth from our 14 churches around the network and meet together, do some crazy games, have a, a kind of youth church session type thing as a chance to really build the community, to let our youth mingle with people from their age and stage from across all over Adelaide, and also a chance to actually sit under God's word together and be shaped and encouraged and spurred on to be a Christian, uh, not just on Sundays, not just on Friday nights, but in our week-to-week. Great. And you had um, a particularly uh, crazy game last night. What was it? Uh, I called it um, an experimental extravaganza. Um, it was basically capture the flag with Easter eggs with a couple of you know, tweaks to the rules. So bunny bouncers, rescue rabbits. And if you got tagged, um, you had to crouch down and do rabbit ears over yourself. Um, it devolved into the chaos that you'd expect. But it was great. <laughs> yeah, I noticed like... Uh, it was all kind of going pretty like chill until you said it's like twenty seconds to go, and then it was chaos for a very short amount of time. Absolutely, absolutely, and yeah, it's it's part of I guess the fun of doing youth ministry is seeing the kids actually throw themselves into those sorts of games and and mix together and and build that kind of community and that background and that icebreaker. Yeah, and uh, do you have any reflections now that you've seen the night? Um, uh, yeah, what are the things that kind of stood out to you that you know, went well, things you would like to do better next time? Yeah, I mean, this is our, in some ways a weird re, like new beginning, rebirth of this ministry. So we um, used to run this kind of once a fortnight and try to get as many people in, but we just found it hard as a network. We're pretty geographically spread out. Um, so we decided to tweak the direction. So really the hope for last night, the hope for this event is that we are kind of celebrating like a big, extended family birthday party celebration kind of thing where we're getting everyone in one night a term to really just go big and to to be able to encourage one another and celebrate um, what God's doing in our lives, celebrate what he's doing around our network of churches and sit under his word. So last night was fantastic for that, I think. Um, you know, the, the bands went really well, really thankful for the work that they put in and seeing a couple of youth step up and give it a crack. Um, the team that ran the night from welcoming all the way through to sound and, and presentation, like they just did a great job for, for people who were just thrown together um, without much planning. In terms of God's word, like Tom, I was really appreciative of what you did. Uh, it was fantastic. You unpacked Colossians 1, 15 to 23 for us really well. Uh, there were a few boys who tried to destroy toilets last night, so we'll try and tweak that next time. <laughs> but no, overall, it was a really encouraging night. I think the you know, the one minor thing was really just going. Um, we we planned a one-hour session that went for about an hour and a half. So uh, <laughs> it probably falls on my shoulders with letting games devolve and uh, taking a little bit of extra time to blow helium out of our mouths. But it was great. It was a lot of fun. And I think that, you know, ahead of next time, we'll tweak a little bit of that. We'll try to keep thinking through how to provide opportunities for the community building as well, for, for kids not just to play games together or just to sing side by side, but to even chat to each other um, in a structured way. Yeah, great. I had a really good time, and uh, like from where I stood, I didn't, I didn't notice like the blowout of time. It seemed like it was a bunch of stuff happening beforehand, a bunch of stuff happened afterwards. The main event was good. I spoke a little bit longer than my appointed time, so I sincerely apologise for that. Um, yeah, well, that's great. And uh, my last question, uh, if someone else is a youth pastor thinking about you know big events um what's your number one tip for big events for youth ministry people 
get a reliable food provider. Now, um, uh, the, <laughs> the biggest thing I think is that whatever you attract people to is what you're trying to keep them with. Um, yeah. And so to go, if you're trying to attract them to the gospel, you're hoping that they fall in love with the gospel and stay with the gospel. If you're trying to attract them to, to the big event, the, the lights, the sounds, the smoke, then um, you're, you're hoping that longer term they stay attracted to that kind of thing. Yeah. So uh, for us, as we keep thinking through our model, I think it's trying to figure out how do we keep making the gospel the central part of our night, even if it's in community, even if it's with all the fun and, and games, um, how do we keep making that? What's the point of attraction? Great. Well, thanks, Tim. Thanks for having me. Thanks for being our first podcast guest ever. Wow. Wow. That's a real privilege. Thank you so much, Tom. Uh, thank you for having me. No worries. That was a strange inception moment there where I was experiencing listening to another podcast in the middle of our podcast. <laughs> and so I spent the first 30 to 45 seconds just trying to figure out what was going on. But after that, all good. Um, we actually have a... Um, a kind of similar-ish sounding thing that we're doing for the second time um, annually rather than once a term of like getting all of the local youth groups from the inner west of Sydney together for a one-night thing. So we did that um, for the first time last year and we, I think, came away being like, that was good for a first shot, but we can do better. So hopefully this year we can do better. Um, I really... It was a great reminder to hear that reflection of um, what you attract people with is what you, I'm going to butcher it now, what you attract them to or whatever, you know, like the, the thing that you <laughs> attract them with should be the thing that you actually want to give them so that, um, yeah, you're attracting people with the gospel because that's what you want them to hear, not because like if people come for the games, they'll probably stay for the games. But if people um, are arriving at a place and getting a compelling vision of Jesus, then hopefully they stay to find out more about him. Yeah. I, I mean, I think it's interesting because it's, you can't, you can attract people with Jesus. Well, you can, people can find Jesus attractive when they come to youth group, but it's going to be rare that you're going to attract young people to youth group with Jesus. Like if 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 a kid invites their friend to youth group, then probably not gonna say, Hey, would you like to learn about the Saviour for the world? You should come to my youth group. They're gonna say, Hey, come hang out at my youth group. We're gonna have a we're gonna have some games, it's gonna be fun, there'll be some food. Mm. But hopefully w what we do there is uh, we present Jesus and probably present the community of Jesus in a way that is attractive. Cause I my I think the we as People who run youth ministries need to be thinking about what we're attracting them with and what is most attractive about what we do. So mm. the most attractive thing is the gospel and the living out of the gospel. But we also, I think, have to remember that the thing that's going to be exciting for young people is not always what we want to be exciting. Yeah. Yeah. And look, I think that it's it's been a journey of years kind of transitioning our regulars from just the kind of surface level stuff that we do to the deeper stuff that we do. But I feel like I was really encouraged a few months ago when someone brought a friend along to our youth group and at the end of the night they were like, it feels really homey. Mm. And I thought that's that felt good to me because it was more than just, you know, we threw ping pong balls at somebody. <laughs> it wasn't, um, let me tell you all about penal substitutionary atonement or whatever but it was you know the vibe that 
that person was picking up was the vibe that we wanted to be, um, yeah, emitting or whatever the, the correct <laughs> verb is. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, but one of the things, that I think one of my reflections from being at that event was um, was that, like, the fact that I was there was an indication of where the priorities are for their youth ministry. Mm. Like, that, like, the fact that they spent a lot of money getting me there, and I, like, I was standing at the back of the room before I went up to preach, and I was feeling, like, a lot of pressure... Not not from them. They weren't like, you better do a good job, Tom. But I was like, they spent a lot of money getting me here and I've got about 15 minutes to stand up and talk about Jesus. So it's an expensive 15 minutes for them. Mm. Um, so for me, I was feeling that pressure, but I was also just really pleased that for them it shows that their priorities are making sure that young people hear the gospel and that's where they're going to put their resources. Uh, even though there are you know people in Adelaide who could do just as good a job or a better job than me do it standing up and doing that. Just the fact that you say, Oh, we got someone from somewhere else to come and share this message says we value this enough to spend the time mm. and the energy to get someone to mm. do this for you. And so if we value it, you can value it too. Yeah. Um, yeah. Which, you know, like I really appreciate that. And also I just really appreciate not having to run the event. That was really fun. Mm. Also. How good's being at an event that you don't have to be the one who runs it? Um, I should clarify, Tom, for our listeners, that when you say it costs a lot of money to get you there, it's not because of your wildly exorbitant speaker's fees. No. I, I assume. Well, It is you more know, because flights cost a lot of money. and Flights cost a lot stuff. of money, yeah. And I, the way I, I mean, this, this is probably not that important, but I always, you know, I have my set fee that I suggest and then I say, but whatever you can afford in your budget. So if that's lint balls, then that's that's what it is. Or so if you get a lot of lint balls. Is yeah, no, the actually, people, that. people generally pay what I ask for. Like, so these guys, I said my fee, and they were like, "Yeah, sure, we'll do that. We really want to make sure that we pay you well." And so, my people aren't stingy, but I just know that you know, if you want me and your youth ministry budget is you know two hundred fifty dollars, then. It's it's going to be your entire youth ministry budget to get yeah. me along, and um, yeah. But they spent yeah. They pay for my flights. They pay for my talks, and uh, and I was really thankful that they did that. And hopefully, I did a good job for them and yeah. talked about Jesus. I did talk about Jesus blowing up some toilets in an illustration of. Uh, it doesn't really matter, but that's that was the reference to blowing up I toilets. I see. <laughs> well, because there's a number of kinds of blowing up toilets. There's blowing up toilets with explosives, and then there's more blowing up a toilet could be a... Is euphemism the right word? Anyway, the <laughs> yeah. other thing that I kind of took away in terms of, like, um how much you value, like showing how much you value certain things is like, I think there's a time aspect to that. You know, if 90% of your time is games and running around and you have a five minute talk and then you head off and, you know, go eat ice cream, then that probably says something. Um, Not that I think there's a direct correlation, but I think certainly at our youth group, we have um, 
like the biggest component of what we're doing is the thing that we're there for, which is to hear about Jesus, to talk about Jesus, to talk to Jesus, all of that mm. stuff. Yeah. Great. Mm. Well, we should keep moving. Um, probably, oh, probably the only other actual reflection that I had, um, even though we're <laughs> 16 minutes into our 15-minute podcast. Well, no, I think we discussed last week that this could even push out to a 25-minute podcast. We, yeah, I think I don't know if that was on air, so we apologize if you're in here and you're now stuck forever. Just turn If us they're up still expecting 15 minutes times. after listening to any <laughs> of the episodes we, we've released so far, then I think that's on them. Yeah. Um, my, my last reflection was just uh, that it's just a really a real blessing to me to have youth leaders that I can uh, leave and say you can run mm. it, and then they can run it. And one like of the four leaders I've got, uh, two of them are relatively new, and I fully expect them to be able to lead a whole youth group in the future. But uh, the other two who have been around since 2020. Um, are able, I think since 2020, they're able just to kind of step in, do it, and, um, like, it's just a kind of testament, one, to just them being good leaders, but also just the time, the the fact that they, they've been around such a long time know, means they know what it is, they know how to do it, and I can trust them in it. Mm-hmm. And, like, youth ministry and youth group itself is not really complex, but the the it's the actual the doing of it, which is the um, the quality that you get in youth ministry. Like just yeah. the fact that they're there, they're turning up, they're loving the young people, and that's where the gold is. Mm, mm. So, yeah. How was your cool. your youth group? Um, it was good. We had um, enough leaders to have two people in each small group when we had our small group discussion time, which Ooh. was a rare treat to be able to do that. Um, so I had... I spoke on uh, the idea that Jesus brings real justice, which was uh, a challenging thing to put together, but also made easier by the fact that I had done um, several talks on the topic before. So I was not starting with a blank page, which was really nice. Um, And I had another one of our guys, our assistant pastor, um, was the other guy that ended up on my small group. And it was interesting because I said to him at the end, like, um, I don't know, I just asked him about it because he kept pretty quiet. And he was like, oh, yeah, I just wanted to see how you did it. Um, and so it it made me, it reminded me again, like this is why we do what we do on the podcast because even within your own youth group, you can be... Like when you're in a small group situation, you can be like, huh, I wonder how everyone else is running this. And he said to me, like, to his two reflections were, you run a small group very differently to the way I run a small group, which <laughs> um, was a shock to neither of us, I think, because I am a lot more, let's see where this conversation goes, I think, than he is. I think he feels um, more like he wants to have a trajectory and head down that trajectory. Whereas I feel like maybe I should do that, but I end up getting carried along by the conversation and like trying to paddle the boat that is getting sped along by the current in a vaguely helpful direction. Um, I'm getting a phone call. That's live podcast recording. I'm not going to take it. Um, 
It is a fellow <laughs> youth ministry person, but I feel like a live interview without warning would be a little mean. Um, anyway, the other thing that he said was, um, or that he pointed out to me was like just how much I trade off the level of like long-term relationship that I have with so many of the youth and their families. Mm. Like um, a big part of the reason I can do things the way that I do them is because I've known so many of our crew for like five, 10, 15 years. Um, And so I can just drop in and chat to them on a level that other leaders who haven't been around for that long can't do. And I guess what I took away from that is like, it was a good, it was good just to be reminded of that. Like I know I've reflected on that um, on the podcast before, but just to kind of think, in a sense, I have it so much easier because there's just that instant rapport. I can drop mm-hmm. into basically any small group in our youth group and have that rapport, not because I'm awesome at building rapport, but just because I've been doing it for so many more years than anyone else who's currently, um, or almost anyone else who's currently serving on the youth group. Um, so it made me think I want to go away and spend a bit more time being like, how do you build that bridge? Like, how do you get people from... I feel like a dad at youth group because I am a dad at youth group and I don't really know the, I don't have history with these people and I want to, you know, um, or, you know, because I'm 19 and I'm new to this or because I'm what, you know, like whatever the context is, how do you kind of fast track that kind of rapport that I've just kind of accidentally built? How do you do that intentionally? Mm. Um, and, is there any way that I, as the person who has that, can kind of, yeah, fast track other people? I don't know. Um, any thoughts? <laughs> uh, yeah, well, I mean, there's probably like, like they, like they talk about um, the benefit of things like camps. Is like camps being the time when you get to squash a whole lot of kind of ministry like a year's worth of ministry mm. into one weekend, um, which I think is slightly exaggerated, but it's you get a lot of a lot of ministry in one kind of concentrated time. And mm. that's often where I found I've built rapport with kids who I haven't known as well. It's just being able to go away with them. Like so really pushing that kind of thing or other experiences like that, like um day like bigger events that you get to do together over like a longer period of time that are relationship intensive, like being mm. on a team together in, you know, if you did a an old, what's that we used to do with one youth group, and I might do it again with my one, uh, an all-day kind of event in the city where we were searching for a fugitive. And it was a fun event, but also the team that you were in bonded really well and you mm. kind of built rapport that way. So even though it seems like it's just a fun event, it also is actually really important ministry and really important like really important for the kids, but also really important for you as a leader to connect with young people. Mm. Um, I think that's also a value of games that we haven't really talked much about um, on the podcast so far is that like, it's not just the fun thing to draw the kids in. It's also an opportunity to hang with the youth as like, just in the context of the main aim here is just to have fun and get to know each other. Yeah. Yeah. That's why I always think it's important for leaders to join in the games. Like, because they're not just there for the youth, they're there for the whole community to to get get to know each other and enjoy each other's company and and mm. yep. 
So on that weekend away thing, um, for any of my leaders who may be listening into the podcast, um, I hope you all just heard that it's Tom who says you should come away to kick with us, not just me. <laughs> and it is for the sake of the gospel, not just and, because we need people to come. So, And my, my leaders, uh, it's uh, me who says you should come to VCYC with us. And, and it is just me saying it. There you go. No, I think you should. Oh, you okay. Guys. Chris says it too. Do it. <laughs> camps are great. Cam- I would go on a camp every second week if I didn't think it would um, kill me. Now, we should talk about next week at some point, but do you want to take a couple of questions, Tom? <laughs> I would love to. Since the podcast length is blowing out anyway. Um, we're going we're gonna to be at three hours very soon. <laughs> this room. Well, I have that long. I don't know if you do. You probably have, like, parenting responsibilities. I do, yeah. Uh, okay, well, let's try and keep it under one for today. <laughs> um, so, we have a uh, an email here from, this is just a quick one, from John, who is another youth pastor. Um, hey, John. And he, he says, Tom, you said you're happy to share the, ex- the Excel spreadsheet, I mean Google Sheet, with Chris. Would you be willing to share that with your listeners, too? So, this is for the photo scavenger hunt. Would you be willing yeah. to make your resources for that broadly available? Yeah, okay, uh, sure. If you go to tomfrench.com.au forward slash youth group podcast, then I'll have I'll have it up there by the time this podcast goes up. Awesome. Tomfrench.com.au forward slash youth group podcast. Awesome, and that saved you an email because you don't have to send it to me either. That's great. Um, and then our other question comes in from Dave, and we referenced this question last week, but did not um, actually answer it. So let's have a go. Hey, Chris and Tom, thanks for the podcast. I always enjoy your banter, and it's helpful to hear how two different groups function. Wondering how you interact with the parents of your respective youth group kids. Perhaps this is front of mind for me as a youth group parent and running an event on that topic tonight, but I'd like to hear your thoughts. Um, Well, unfortunately, we can't help you with your your event, which was a week ago. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Probably two weeks by the time anyone hears this. Um, but for future events and just for future reference, Tom, uh, what do you think? How do you go about interacting with the parents of your youth group? I mean, you do the big thing on your first week of the year where you invite all the parents along mm. to youth group. So that's huge. Yeah. So we invite all the parents and the siblings because I want, if I can, to meet the whole family. Um, I, I've been try- like trying to make sure I learn the names of all the parents, which... Seems really obvious, but it took me 15 years to figure out that that's something I should be doing. Um, like, I, I just figure it out over time, but I was like, no, I'm actually going to pay attention to all the rego forms where they come in, write down all the names and link names with, mm. with kids. And so, like, just knowing parents' names is important. Um, we send out questions each week that go with, like, we email all the parents every week and we tell them what's coming up this week and what's coming up next week and then the dates they should pay attention to. And then we also have questions that they can ask their kids about what's been happening in youth group so that they can continue the discussion from youth group at home. Um, we run the parents' uh, training events, which is partly about training but partly about helping parents connect with each other. Um, they're, the, like, they're the basic things that we do. Um yeah, we, we also – I also just try and, you know, say chat to the parents at the end of the night. So, one of the things I'm often doing is when the kids are running around hitting each other with pool noodle lightsabers, I'm standing out in the car park or at the front door chatting to parents um, because 
that's a great opportunity to connect with them and to chat to them about how their kid's gone. And uh, yeah, I I don't know if we're doing a really good job, but I know I'm doing a better job than I used to do. So uh, congratulations to me for being better than me. What about you, Chris? What do you do? Um, Well, I think, yeah, the, the kind of hanging with the parents at pickup is a, a really helpful thing. I am often kind of ping-ponging between that and then going to kind of try and find whichever child they've come looking for or, <laughs> you know, like talking to some of the youth about whatever has come up. So I, I feel like I'm trying to be in a thousand places at once on Friday nights. But um, one thing that's really great is we've got a few parents who either go to uh, our church or to one of the other local churches who really see that as part of, I guess, their ministry and their service to the parents and to the youth group. So they will come along and um, they just do it. Because they're parents of the youth, they can actually have those conversations in some senses a lot more on a level ground than I can because I'm, you know, the just the dude running the thing. But there are other parents who um, send their children along. and I, And so I feel like... I should probably say to them more often how grateful I am that they stick around and chat to other parents and they sort of build that parent community um, without me even having really to do anything. Um, And then, like, you know, some of the parents, it's easy because they go to our church on Sunday or because I know them really well through, um, you know, just kind of years of history. And so, like, again, I can trade off all of that past stuff in a way that is harder for like, you know, that only comes by doing it for ages and ages. Um, and on top of that, yeah, like we have a lot of the same kind of communication channels that you talked about. We have an email newsletter. I use MailChimp because that is the one that I discovered 10 years ago and still just use. Um, and also for registrations, I use something called Paperform, um, which was developed by um, a couple of friends of mine. Paperform.co is the website. And it's just, it's like Squarespace but for forms. And so it's Mm. super easy to use. Um, And so there's just a QR code on the back of our flyer. Um, And so it's got the terms program on the front, on the back, parent to, you know, if you come for one week, whatever, just rock up, write your name on the little sign-in sheet. But if you're going to keep coming back to youth group, we ask them to like take it home and the parents can just scan it, fill out a little form. And that has like photo permissions and all of that stuff. So um that is what builds our email list that then lets us communicate with the parents. But there's like lots more that we could do. There's so much more that we could do in terms of um, like more stuff for the parents and more stuff with the parents. But I think it, at the moment with the resources that we've got, clear communication about what we're doing um, and like clear registration processes that show we actually know what we're doing are the two, I think, key things. And then whatever kind of organic conversations we can have um, is good as well. So hopefully that's helpful, Dave. Um, but please reply if you have any follow-up questions. Tom, or we ideas. are up to... Pardon? Or ideas. Or he's ideas. Got some ideas. Uh, he knows what yeah. he's doing. Well, yeah, yeah I, I think really it was him being generous to us sending in a question <laughs> so that we had a question. Um, we should actually interview Dave at some point. Oh, that yeah. would be a good thing as well. Um, so, Tom, we're up to minute number 32 of our 25-minute <laughs> podcast. Um, do you want to really quickly let me know what you are doing at Youth Group on Friday? 
<laughs> yeah, we're talking about Jesus the Savior. We're going to play some games which involve saving people. I'm not sure what it is. The leader who is organizing it is organizing it. We're going to have a talk on John 3.16. I'm not doing the talk. So, um, yeah, I'm just going to turn up and see what happens. It's going to be fun. Great. Um, this Friday night at our youth group is AI night which I have a 60% idea of what those activities are going to be. But mostly it's going to be um, chat GPT field madness. I was thinking about playing, you know, Boulder Dash, that game where you like everyone's got to write down the definition for the yeah. word. I was thinking about doing a similar thing where everyone submits a sentence and then you've got to see which one the AI wrote. Um, oh, I like so it. it'll be similar vibe to that, but I'll let you know more on the other side of youth group when I know what happened. Um, and then I'm on the talk, which is Jesus brings real equality, um, which I am interested to see what I say. I've got some vague thoughts. Glenn Scrivener's book, the air we breathe has been super helpful. Um, but yes, I will be doing the talk on that and hopefully doing it in such a way that I do not get canceled by anyone on any side of that conversation. So there you go. Um, well, it's probably time to wrap it up, Tom. Um, but wasn't this a packed birthday show? Oh, I mean, it is our birthday. Huge. So I feel like this week of all weeks, we are justified in going a little bit long. But there's the music playing me off. For more info, go to tomfrench.com.au. <laughs> you can find all of his resources there. See you next week. ChrisMoffy.com. Oh, yeah, ChrisMoffy.com. All right. Bye, guys. Bye. Thanks for listening. What a bonanza.